When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey guys, uh, I'm doing a podcast about this whole thing. That's my favorite Pokemon. Uh, are you interested? Sure. All right. So what is your favorite Pokemon? Uh, my favorite Pokemon is Golurk. Uh, uh, I mean, I, I've played all the Pokemon games, but for some reason, just like the whole like ground ghost, but it can fly sort of thing. It looks like a Roman centurion. I just think that whole thing is like really cool. Uh, my favorite Pokemon is Haxorus because I remember when I the first Pokemon game I beat was Black and White, and I remember going to catch Cobalion in Mistralton Cave, and I saw Axew, and I just fell in love because of how cute it is. So I caught it, and I just kept training it up until it became a Haxorus, and it wrecked everything. Um, I like Dragonite. Dragonite, that's a good choice. Uh, what is your favorite move Dragonite has? Um, uh, maybe Dragon Rage? Yeah. And why do, why do you like Dragonite? Because I like its stats and the way uh, he, because he's strong too. Alright, so what is your favorite Pokemon? Um, my favorite Pokemon would have to be either Mega Sceptile or Sableye. Oh my goodness, I don't know either of those Pokemon. I stopped playing after Ruby, so does that make me old and lame? No, if you played Pokemon, it's all fine with me. Hello and welcome to Radio Motherboard. I am staff writer Jason Kebler, and I don't know if you knew this, but Pokemon is still popular and it's still a thing. And you may have heard about the World Championships, which took place in Boston last weekend, but if you did hear about it, it was probably for a pretty bad reason. Boston police arrested an 18-year-old named Kevin Norton and a 27-year-old named James Stumbo, who are actually professional Pokemon players for posting a threat on Facebook, allegedly posting a threat on Facebook, in which they posted a picture of two guns spread on their car, um, and it seems though they were threatening to shoot up the place. It was obviously a very scary thing, and when I heard about it on Sunday, I was already back home in Brooklyn, but um, we are going to mainly avoid that because... I spent two days at the World Championships just trying to learn who goes to a Pokemon tournament in 2015, how the game has changed, because I used to be very much into it, and I bet a lot of you were as well, Um, and just kind of getting a sense for what's going on at this really massive event. I mean, there are 3,000 people there. So uh, I'm just going to kind of take you through uh, a couple interviews between me and 
Uh, we have some trading card game champions. We have the people who play Pikachu. We have some Professor Oaks who are judges. Uh, we have a translator and just kind of all the weird, nerdy, excited people that you meet at one of these things. So let's get into it. Pokemon.com website, you know, that Casella does have skill swap, and that's going to be an interesting matchup here because um, Heat Ran is a Pokemon well known for its resistances. You know, it's very hard to hit it super effectively. You know, it's only weak to water, it's weak to ground, uh, ground and fighting, but if it gets that levitate ability, it becomes so much more difficult to knock it out, especially in the sunlight, which uh, Charizard obviously brings. Absolutely, uh, and something something that we've seen, obviously, in the last match was uh, Heat trying to take advantage of that Flash Fire ability because Fire type is so prominent in this meta. It's such a good, good offensive type, but I think we are ready to jump into the match, onto the main stage to see our players uh, as they get ready to jump into this battle. Ladies and gentlemen, make some noise because we are going to be seeing our senior world champ right now. They're, he's playing right now. One of them's the champ. We don't know which one. One of them's the runner-up. We're going to find out during this match. Um... I am the director of consumer marketing for the Pokemon Company International. My name is J.C. Smith, and uh, yeah, I just I help run the event and do all kinds of fun stuff for the company. So this is the World Championships. There's obviously like regional and national level stuff. What? How does one get to the World Championships? Like a competitor, it is incredibly difficult. These the people that make it here are very very talented, and it's different for every country. Um, I can tell you in most detail about the U.S. Um, the U.S. There are, for trading card games, there are city, states, regionals, um, nationals, and worlds. So these happen throughout the year. Um, for video games, we have regionals, nationals, and worlds. Regionals happen three different times of e times a year. Nationals is usually in July to get us um, the final crop of people that end up coming to Worlds. And then around the world, they have a different structure in every country, um, but they're also feeding people in. That's why we are able to have, I think it's 36 or 38 different countries represented this weekend. So being here, it's quite obvious that Pokemon is still very popular. Um, I mean, it was extremely popular when I was growing up. I got into it as a kid, as did probably many of our readers and listeners. Um, how has its popularity changed throughout the years? I mean, I just remember it being such like a global phenomenon, say, in like the late 90s, early 2000s. And it's obviously still a very big thing. But uh, from a pure number standpoint, is it bigger now than it ever was? Or is it more of like a hardcore fan base now? That's a great question. I haven't looked at the numbers from the early days because it's a long time ago, almost almost 20 years. But um, my perspective is it was so big back then, uh, so big in the late 90s, that it's hard to do anything to compare to that. Right? It was so, so ever-present. Schools had it, problems with it. It was on every news report. It was taking over America. And we've settled into this position of just being an amazing brand that's continued for 20 years. And in that situation... We put out dozens of video games since then. We put out 21.5 billion trading cards. So there's just a ton of content that continues to come out to keep the fans and to keep bringing in new fans. Um, and these events are a very important part of that. It's really about providing a sense of community. Pokemon is all about that. The video games originally were created to pr bring people together. They had a 
link cable that connected the two Game Boys, and you could trade Pokemon, and it was really about bringing people together. So those events become something that evolves and continues to bring people together, and that's what we love about it, and that's why we spend so much time and effort to make something like this happen. Yeah, you mentioned the link cable. I remember buying one of those in sixth grade and then using it to trade with my neighbor, and he deleted my game, and that did not bring us together at all. We were, like, really angry at each other. But you probably learned we, to work through your differences, right? We, <laughs> we started over completely and, like, got all three of the starter Pokemon. There's a way of doing it. Yeah. Uh, so it, it, it all worked out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it caused, caused a little strife early on. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so um, how is your job as, like, sort of outreach? How is it different now than if you had to do it when no one knew what Pokemon was? Like... I, you know, no, you don't have to say, "Hey, there's these monsters," and you throw, you train them, and you throw like pokeballs at them to catch them. Right. Everyone knows what it is right. now, right? Yeah, it's. Uh, I, I I say this a lot, but it's nice to have a brand that is so globally recognized that you don't have to explain everything. You don't have to talk through the game mechanics. It's, oh, yeah, I've played or I've collected or and people know the characters. Um, they know the storylines. They know that there's a, a television show. They know that there's a, lots of video games. They know there's a Pokemon TCG. And they've played in events or gone to something that uh, we've put on. So in that sense, it makes my life very easy. Um, and what we just continue to do is keep sharing things with people about, hey, this is what's cool. This is what's new. This is, I mean, you just saw a Pokemon tournament was uh, announced. This is a new way to play Pokemon. And we continue to work with creators who come up with these amazing ideas to keep our fans interested and, and kind of spread the, the Pokemon word. How do you make sure that Pokemon stays Pokemon? Like, um, you know, I've talked to a lot of my friends who were swept up in the craze when we were growing up. And, you know, they lost interest at some point because that's what people do when they grow up but you know when i told them i was coming here they said oh there's like 600 pokemon now and i wouldn't recognize any of them uh, is there like a fear when you whenever you introduce new game mechanics new new pokemon new sets and that sort of thing that you are going to like lose some of the brand that you've built up or you just kind of rely on the fact that people are in, very into this world and they're going to learn whatever new stuff you throw at them and that's that's a that's an excellent question like for, for us um, the core of Pokemon stays the same. There may be more Pokemon that are discovered, um, but it's still about collecting, battling, and trading. Um, that that doesn't change. That's been kept at the core of it. It's, so it's, it's when the games come out, it's, there's a lot of talk about the new communication features. There's a lot of talk about the new Pokemon, sure, um, because it's interesting. Oh, where'd this one come from, and what's that backstory? But really, for us, it's it, we want it to be welcoming. We want it to be, hey, come and join this lush world. You don't have to know all of them. And that was kind of a focus early on. And I think that became like, you know, everyone talks about the original 151 and all that. It's, it's really, doesn't matter how many there are. Just know that there's a variety out there and there's always going to be Pokemon that's available for you or one that appeals to you that, that you like or that you, you know, want to play with or battle with. So it's not got to catch them all anymore. <laughs> we, we do say that, but uh, it is something that, you know, it is a quest and that's something some people achieve. I mean, there's guys in our office right now that are trying to catch all the Pokemon in the games. And it's a tough task because there's some very rare Pokemon out there. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's really what you want it to be. Uh, yeah. uh, you mentioned that new Pokemon are discovered. So does that mean that they're they're are many Pokemon out there in the world to be discovered? They're not created by you guys. They they exist somewhere already. Exactly. Yeah. Now they're out there, and people just need to find them or discover the land where they are. 
So, uh, can you explain to me the the Pokemon Company versus Nintendo and that sort of thing? Because I I mentioned you know the Pokemon Company runs Pokemon, and all my friends are like, oh no, isn't it Nintendo? Blah blah. And what uh, what is the relationship there? How does that work? How is it separate? How is it the same? Sure, that's a that's a good topic. Uh, the Pokemon Company was created to manage all facets of the brand, um, so make sure it was uniform across the trading card games the animation, the video games, and it was respecting the creator's wishes. So what we manage is we basically work with all the creators, um, and the creators are part owners of our company. So it's 33% ownership by um, Game Freak, who creates the video games, Creatures, who works on the characters in the trading card game, and then Nintendo. So it's an equal partnership that way. So yes, they are part owners, but really we're formed to represent the creators and make sure that you know, the characters that are coming out in the video game are also in the animation and people are talking about Pokemon in the same way and that there's a uniformed, uniform message for everyone that's out there and in the way that um, you know, Game Freak intended. How has Pokemon changed for you over the last like, five years? If you could, um, you could like, sum it up, like, what, how has the world evolved and how has both the trading card game and the video game gotten different? Yeah, definitely. I think our focus um, in the past several years is being able to allow more people to play against each other. On the game, you can play in a solitary manner, right? You play through and you collect a lot of Pokemon. But we want to encourage the communication. We want to encourage the tournaments. We want to encourage trading. So a lot of the focus for the trading card game has been on the trading card game online, allowing people to learn how to play in a digital environment. So they're at home, they can learn, and they can play against people uh, and not have to figure it out themselves. It's it's not an easy game just to pick up. It's an easy game to collect and, and you think you know what you're doing until you see these guys playing and you realize. Um, with the video games, the same thing. Uh, we want to be able to encourage people to be able to battle online. Um, we have the Pokemon Global Link that does that. Um, you can also you know see trades. We, we want to allow um, the technology to really... Uh, bring things forward and the communication technology with just the local wireless now infrared uh, allows us to do a lot more and make it a lot easier for people to communicate with pokemon and with each other is it important to add like uh, levels of complexity to both the trading card game and the video game because i remember when i played um you know you could be very good at it and you could go to these tournaments and play but at every tournament you had the same pokemon fighting the same pokemon and it was the same strategy and like the card game you know you the the winning decks would all kind of be the same and all the strategy would be really similar because it was quite a simple game when it started and then i played some games yesterday i'm like oh there's tools and stadiums and like all these other things and it much more closely resembles something like magic the gathering or like a a much more complex game than it was which i would imagine allows for like diversity of strategies and like truly good players to emerge and like hold their attention that sort of thing so was that purposeful this kind of added definitely want to make sure uh, and one of the things that's uh, very important to us is to make sure it's easy for people to get into and tough to master right and that's the tough to master part is what you're seeing here like these the people that are playing in the world championships they've mastered this era of Pokemon battling, and it's pretty amazing to see because it is. Yeah, you can play a, a grass deck and a, a versus a fire deck, and the fire deck will win. Sure, that's real simple. These guys are coming up with strategies where sometimes their the opponent doesn't even get to play their cards. It's just that level of depth is is so uh, interesting to watch because every player approaches it differently. And yeah, there's some cards that'll be 
super powered and people will have everyone will have it in their deck and then eventually it'll rotate out and that just keeps it fresh and interesting in the tcg side uh, when it comes to the video game yeah having more characters um you know you can look at their stats and you can train them differently now in the game so there's a there's a way to um you know train uh train for speed or you can train it for uh attack and you can do all kinds of different things to make them more powerful or suit the strategy you're trying to employ um so yeah it's really really cool to to see what they do with it too because it's it's something that uh um, you know the creators want to see and that's why they love coming here and seeing this um and i'm asking everyone this um do you have an original pokemon memory do you remember when you first saw it ah first saw it Uh, i was at um my first business trip was to the uh, Pokemon World Championships in 2000 in Sydney, Australia. Um, it was played on the N64, um, and there was eight kids there. Um, so just to give you a sense, and they'd all played through their countries to get to that point. So that's my richest early memory. Uh, I just started working at Nintendo at the time. I've now obviously moved over to the Pokemon company, but uh, that's my first Pokemon memory, um, and it was... Uh, it was a fun one. I got to go to Australia for the Olympics, you know, as some uh, fresh, fresh guy at uh, at Nintendo. So yeah, I, I, uh, that's a that's a good one. A and one. do you have a favorite Pokemon? I do. My uh, favorite right now is Aegislash. It's uh, the one that looks like the sword and shield. It's nice. really cool. Yeah, that yeah. Seems to be a popular one in this yeah, it's got a defensive mode and an attack modes, and it's a couple couple things you can do with it. They're pretty fun. I just like the design, though. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to say I yeah. I know how to use them properly, but uh, yeah, the design is cool, and it just yeah, I like it. Yeah. Yeah, actually, yes, it is. Yes, it is. Yeah, my my business card holder is uh, Poliwhirl. I got that from the uh, Pokemon Center in Japan. Um, so yeah, pretty 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 fun to to have something like this. We were carrying them around in deck boxes before, and those are a little big. So this worked out nicely for us. And uh, for your business cards, do you have the option of like picking different Pokemon on them? Because ah, I see. You've got a Pikachu on the front. Oh, my God. different backs to our card. So Pikachu's on the front, and we have 20 different backs. So, yes, I have been asked if someone could have 20 cards. Um, <laughs> I don't have enough to be doing that, but, yeah. So, yeah, we've got Charizard. We've got Sizor, Flabebe, Gyarados, Chespin, uh, Brakeson, uh, Greninja, uh, Dedene, uh, Inke, Halucha, and I forget that one. Metagross. Oh, <laughs> I was I was rolling. I was rolling there. Uh, Shiny Mega Gengar, Pachirisu, and Adino. And there's uh, Vivalon, Sableye, Wobbuffet, Eevee, and that's it. I've got to say, I don't know. I can't tell if you passed that or not because, unfortunately, I only know about like seven or eight of those. But they sound they sound right. No, I'm not that creative. I couldn't come yeah. up with it on the fly that quickly. <laughs> No, that's good though. Uh, I, I definitely, definitely being here, I like want to start playing again, but we'll see. We'll see if I can find the time. Yeah, try, try with the trading card game online. That way, you can uh, lose a couple times anonymously, and no one will make fun of you. <laughs> um, what is your favorite Pokemon, and why? Uh, Chinchino, because Chinchino is a Chinchilla. <laughs> Uh, started Pokemon on Pokemon Blue because my uncle wanted to go to a party, so he just kind of threw a, a copy of Blue version at me when I was like three or four. I got lost and I chose Squirtle. By the time I got out of Woody and Forest, I had a blast, always. 
My favorite Pokemon is um, Pikachu, and that's because, you know, well, honestly, he's the face of Pokemon, and I think he's, like, really, really cool, especially in Pokken, where he's basically trained by Heihachi, and I think that's a really cool addition to uh, Pikachu as a character. Uh, what is your favorite Pokemon, and what are you doing at a Pokemon convention if you're not that into Pokemon? <laughs> um, I'd say my favorite is Squirtle. And I thought this would be a cool convention to come to. Uh, and nothing better to do on the weekend. I work full-time, so whenever I can go out and hang out and see something interesting, do something interesting, I try to. All right, so you're wearing a Charizard hat and you're wearing an Eevee hat. Are they your favorite Pokemon, or do you have different favorite Pokemon? Uh, like, they're one of mine. I don't really have one. It's like... No favorite Pokemon. Do you like the original 150 best, or... You don't care. Um, I don't care. Uh, my name is Dustin Zimmerman. I'm a Pokemon trading card game player here at the World Championships. And where are you from? I'm from Indianapolis, Indiana. And how long have you been playing Pokemon, and how have you fared the previous times you've been here? Um, I've been playing competitively for 10 years. Um, and this is my fourth world championships. My best performance was in 2013 in Vancouver, where I placed fourth. And how's it going so far, to, uh, uh, this one? We just finished our second round. Uh, I lost to a friend of mine, actually, and I am now one and one. One win, one loss. And I assume you have maybe multiple decks running, but what, uh, what sort of strategy are you employing here? Um, well, I decided to go with my Metal deck today, which uh, focuses on Bronzong's Metal Link's ability, which uh, lets you sort of bypass the, the rule in Pokemon that only lets you attach one energy per turn. His ability lets you attach extra energy, and it provides for a, like, a quickened game state. So I remember when I played like a long time ago, the best deck at that time was like a Haymaker deck where you just tried to kill everyone like very quickly. Is that, is that kind of like the new version of this? Uh, no, surprisingly, even though it lets you attach extra energy, it's um, pretty slow, just inherently, because you, you have to do some evolving. Um, I, my, the friend I just lost to, he played a very similar deck to Haymaker in that it was just extremely aggressive. Like, you, like you want to play as close to, I mean, 20 cards on your first turn. And since, since the days of base set, jungle, and fossil, they've, they've uh, made a lot of changes to the game that sort of slowed the game down in general. Um, a lot of the cards that you could play back then, multiple copies of, you can now only play one of per turn. They, they've sort of um, made it a little less powerful, but still decks find a way to like go completely aggressive. So you do see that a lot. Um, but what's a little more popular now is the Seismitoad decks, which is the opposite of that. It's incredibly slow, and it just prevents you from playing any of your own cards. So are any of those cards from like the earlier uh, decks, the earlier sets, are those still used at all? Um, no. A lot of people were like, oh yeah, like, a lot of people don't understand the concept that um, four sets of Pokemon cards are released every year, and they do a rotation every September, so um, if you want to play Pokemon competitively, you have to have the most recent cards. Um, of course, the basic energy that you used to have as a kid, those are still legal, um, and there are some, like, essential cards to the game, like Switch or Energy Search. Uh, those were cards that were printed very early, and they've just k kept reprinting them because they're so integral to Pokemon as a game. So if you happen to have some basic energy or some Switch, you can, in fact, use those. 
right? So just putting like a bunch of Electabuzz and Hitmonchan in a deck is not going to work anymore. You would uh, be ineligible to play in the tournament. <laughs> really? Well, they're not legal. Oh, they're not legal. They're not legal. Why not? Yeah. Uh, like I said, four four sets of cards come out every year, and they they rotate sets. Oh, so you have to have the newest. Yes, ones. you're only allowed to use the most recent uh, expansions of cards. Otherwise, it, there'd be way too many cards. Okay. There'd be just thousands and thousands and thousands. It, it, you, it, you, it'd be impossible to play. So, uh, what is it like playing at one of these national tournaments or in, international tournaments versus playing at you know a small local one? Because I imagine you train like yeah. in Indianapolis, so. Um, there's even a difference between here and Nationals, which is a very, very large tournament, um, even larger than the World Championships. But uh, to answer your question, what, it's, it's incredibly cool playing at Worlds uh, because not only do you get to see everyone from the United States that, you know, maybe you have friends who live in California, Florida, New York, whatever, all, all across the country, but now you get to see friends from all across the globe. And, you know, you're, you're always connected through, like, Facebook or, or how, however means you, you talk to people. So getting, these, like, getting this opportunity to see all of those friends like once a year, maybe twice a year, is just, it's awesome. It's like almost more than a tournament. The tournament's like a byproduct of coming to hang out with all of these friends. When you're playing, do you get nervous, or you, have you just done it so many times you know what's going on that you just like are in the zone? It's, it's pretty rare that I get nervous. Maybe I'll get nervous if there's a really crucial situation, like, oh, I have to win my next game to make top cut, or... Um, it's not something like that, but I don't usually get nervous, you know, just any run-of-the-mill game during Swiss. But, I mean, it is, that being said, this is an extremely competitive tournament, and, like, there's a little bit of nervousness going on, but it's, you know, it's not holding me back. What about when you're, like, on stage? Because I would imagine when you placed fourth, you probably played in front of a bunch of people, tons of people watching. Like, what is that like? I wish it was on stage. There was like a there was a weird thing where the scheduling was all messed up. They're supposed to do top four the day before, but they had to do it that morning. But because they did it that morning, we weren't allotted stage space because they had to do the finals of like video game juniors. But that being said, where we where we were, there were still a lot of people crowded around us because it was the most interesting game that was going on. That being said, if I when I am on stage, and I've been on stage before, I love it. I almost like it more. I like people watching me. I don't get nervous when people watch me. I get better because I'm trying to, you know, I don't want to let them down. So, uh, I am 27, and I played Pokemon as a kid, and all my friends did as well. And when I told them I was coming here, they're like, they weren't like, oh, Pokemon's still a thing, but they were surprised it's still popular. So, and they're like, oh, I, st- I lost interest when they started adding new Pokemon and that sort of thing. Um, what, what do you think about all that? Like, you've been in it for a while as yeah. well, so. There was, funny enough, like, I was, of course, obsessed with it when I was a kid. Um, and then around the fourth or fifth grade, I was like, you know, Pokemon sucks. I'm a skateboarder. And I, like, hated it. I absolutely hated it for maybe two to three years. And then uh, when I was in, like, eighth grade is when I got back into it. And I've been playing since then. And now I'm, you know, 24 years old. So... I mean, I can understand why people like only like the originals and they see these new crazy designs and now there's like 700-something Pokemon. And like, oh, you know, it's, it, it is hard. It's, it's hard to swallow, but it, it exists. Um, if, I think people, if, if people actually like took the time to like check them out or, you know, just play one of the video games. The video games are incredible. They're so well designed. Um, I think they'd have a great time. Like, it'd bring back a lot of memories, and you'd start to, like, see all these new designs that you've never heard of, and you'd, like, start liking them. And, you know, really, when, when, new, when even for me, when I see a new design, I'm like, oh, that sucks. That's so stupid. But, you know, like, two months of playing with the cards in the game, I'm like, ah, it's not that bad. Yeah, yeah. 
Uh, you just mentioned the video game. Are there people who play both the video game and the trading card game at like a high level? It's it's so hard because the tournaments are at the same time. So you like couldn't play both the nationals. You couldn't play the world championships of both the trading card game and the video game because they happen literally at the same time. So um, I do know people who like dabble in both. Like, of course, you know, a lot of trading card game players will play the video game for fun. They'll go through the story. And I'm sure a lot of video game players have played a few games of the trading card game. But it's very, very few and far between to find someone who's uh, ex- ex- extremely competitive in both. And if so, maybe they... I, I, I do know some people who used to play the trading card game and they've switched to the video game and they've had performances in each one, which is actually very impressive. Um, so Magic is very popular right now. Why do you play Pokemon versus like that? Um, I play... Like, you know, again, like just liking it so much as a kid and... Um, like almost, you know, being obsessed with it. And then, you know, I got out of it. But when I came back, it, it, it like really appealed to me more so for the memory. Um, and I just sort of picked it up. It seemed like a more fun and welcoming game. And now that I've played it more, I've like, there, I, I, I'll rave about the community. Everyone who plays it is, you know, much nicer than from what I've heard who plays uh, Magic the Gathering. I don't know. It's, it's hard to say. I just, it's, it's a more fun of a game. And it kind of got to a point where I got so, you know, good at it, whatever, that it didn't, seem, it didn't make sense to switch to Magic. Like, I have no interest in playing Magic because it'd be a waste of time. You know, I'm, I wouldn't be good at it. So what's the point? I don't know. How good? We are transitioning over to the game. Let's make some noise here for our two finalists, Jacob and Mays. We have Blastoise versus Seismitoad Crobat. Who will come out in this epic battle? All right, so we see the opening handshake. Here we go. The world championships are off. Yep, we have double Zubat for Maze and a Keldeo EX for Jacob on the left. And, uh, yeah, I, I mean, it's pretty simple for Maze. He has to keep using Quaking Punch, but uh, an X-Factor in this matchup could be that Mewtwo EX. An X-Factor with the X-Ball. Uh, Mewtwo EX can be very strong. If you attach too many energy to Keldeo EX, it is pretty vulnerable to a big X-Ball from Mewtwo. Maze actually doesn't have that great of a hand, but Mewtwo could say. My name is Pia. I am the lead translator, so I run a team of 20-something translators from all over the world. And how many uh, countries are represented here? Oh, I'm actually not sure about the countries. I would have to count on the back of somebody's T-shirt, but I think... It's, it's a lot, though. It's in the 30s. We have um, 16 languages. So, yeah. And so all of you have to know about Pokemon as well, right? No, actually, what's really specific about the translators is that some of them know a lot about Pokemon, but quite a few of them don't know about Pokemon. And I personally like to keep it that way because if they do not know about Pokemon, then they can't coach the players in a language that the judge would not understand. So to make sure that everything is as fair as it can possibly be. We actually have a majority of translators who don't know much about the game. We know a little bit, but not much. Just enough to do the translations. The kids know more, for sure. I'm I'm sure. The kids know more sometimes than everybody else. They are very, very good. So, which languages do you do? Um, (laughs) I do Danish and Norwegian and Swedish and some German and Dutch and French. And I I try not to do that many because I'm mainly there to oversee that the other translators are where they are supposed to be, that translations run smoothly so we don't fall behind schedule. 
Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. And but everything is done correctly. So what is it like when a, say, an American kid plays against a Japanese kid or a German kid or whatever? I mean, I, they're so young. I, I never met kids from other countries when I was seven, eight, nine years old. It must be really exciting for them. It's really exciting. I think just being here is amazingly exciting for them. But you would be surprised at just how clever they are when it comes to nonverbal communication. So you can have a Japanese child and a French child or an American child and a Finnish child playing together. They don't necessarily know much about each other's countries or cultures. Um, they definitely don't notice anybody's color of skin or size or anything else because all they do is know Pokemon and that's why they're here. And we always tell them in the beginning, you all speak Pokemon. You all speak the language of Pokemon. So there's a lot of pointing involved. There's a lot of showing with your hands and even speaking, although they know that the person they're speaking to will not necessarily understand the words. The way they use their voice or the, the, where they look and where they point and, and the shapes they will make with their hands or whatever it is, they manage to solve most situations without the use of a translator. They are absolutely amazingly good at communicating and we could probably all learn a lot from them does do you have one team that goes from like event to event like these people who are working here with you are this, is this a new team just for this event or do you go to like other sorts of things as well this is the only event that we do together um all other pokemon events are done at a national level more or less and do not um have a need for translations Um, they do have in Europe called something called the European Cup. But as all the judges are um, from all over Europe, they cover each and every language. So there the rule is that um, if you need a Czech translation, for instance, you have a player from the Czech Republic and you need a Czech translator, you get the Czech judge and then you get a judge from another country. So they will still do the ruling in, say, English or German or whatever language they have in common. And... The judge who then works as a translator will not be making any rulings, but only translating. So they, they find other solutions. But if you have a, an event in Italy, um, in general, all the players speak Italian. And as I said, it, they, they are very, very good at solving even sometimes tricky situations without needing translators or judges. So how is translating here different from translating a totally non-Pokemon event? Because I imagine that you do other translation work as well, right? I don't really, actually. <laughs> I work in a very, very large international organization, and um, and we use a lot of languages in our everyday lives, and we do everything in 20-something languages. What is different here is you have the innocence and the excitement, and it is such a positive experience. This isn't work. This isn't politics. This isn't. There's no hidden agenda. This is all about the love of Pokemon. And what is wonderful is when you see a five-year-old having a, a passionate discussion with a 40-year-old about Pokemon. And, and they are 
at the the same level and and they connect and they understand each other and it's all about the language of Pokemon. Here, of course, what you have is that sometimes tensions run a little high as the day goes on and the kids get tired or they know they have to win the last two games to make it through to tomorrow in the top cut and then they will get a little tense and and there will be tears and sometimes you know anger and we try to handle that as well and calm them down there's a very strict code of conduct for Pokemon players there's no yelling or they have to show respect at all times towards players and judges and all members of staff and and so they're very very good like that um do you say pikachu the same in all languages pikachu stays the same in all languages some other pokemon for instance do not and i have a couple of pokemon where i i have the same issue every year where i can only remember it in one language but it just happens not to be english for instance and so sometimes with the judges i have to kind of say you know the big one that looks like a dragon with fire coming out of its mouth and it's the evolution of um of 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 the little red one with the fire on its tail and because I, i can't remember the name i only remember it in french for whatever reason so we have a lot of that but they they know and they point and they describe or they make drawings and they know So, not to put you on the spot, but can you think of any Pokemon that you know in multiple languages, and can you tell us it? Wow. Yeah, Pikachu. Um, I can say Pikachu in a lot of languages. Oh, one I know in multiple languages? Um, well, oh, yes, I do, because just today I had to ask about that dragon-looking one again, and I think it's it's from, like, the early Pokemons. It is Charizard. Do you know Charizard? He's very famous. One. Well, the thing is, I always forget Charizard. But in French, Charizard is called Dracoufeu. So feu means fire and Dracou. So dragon is a dragon. So he's Dracoufeu. And I can never remember that he's Charizard. So often I actually have to ask my children, what is Dracoufeu called? So yeah, there you go. All right, thank you so much. This is really very cool. welcome. Right. Have fun. I actually grew up in France, and so I'm 25, and when I was a kid, and when Pokemon started coming out here in France, obviously they didn't have it, so my dad would get me Pokemon trading cards and bring them to me back to France, and I would bring them to school, and all the kids would be like, oh my god, what is that? Like, what is this cool new thing? I'd be like, it's Pokemon, you've probably never heard of it. <laughs> So I am here with what's your name? Arash from Italy. From Italy. From Italy, and you are the world champion from 2013, correct? Yep, in the masters division. And you're competing this year. Um, what happened last year? Uh, last year, I don't know. I so basically the world champion stays out for the whole year. Like uh, I didn't need to qualify or anything. So. While I still played in tournaments, maybe not having the pressure of winning the whole season, like uh, I was a bit uh, outdated with uh, how the meta game was at the time of Worlds. Like my team was kind of bad. Also, I played on stream round one. I was nervous. I lost. Like so many things went wrong. You were out of form. <laughs> yeah, I was. 
So um, how I remember playing, I played Red and Blue, and I think I played up until like Ruby and Sapphire maybe, but how have things changed over the years? Because I remember the fighting system being very simple back then, and obviously now there is much, a lot to it. So I played since uh, Red as well, but uh, so basically uh, until from uh, Ruby and Sapphire, uh, we have double battles, which are the way that, uh, which are how the world's format is. And so basically that is the way we play. Like that adds so much depth to the game. And also every year we're changing format. We have new Pokemon, new stuff available, um, items, tutor moves. Like adapting is important right now. Yeah, so I talked to my friends a bit before this who, you know, remember Pokemon from their childhood, and they said that they kind of stopped paying attention when they kept adding new Pokemon. Like, who are these people? I don't know who they are. But I would imagine on the, like, highest level, you guys are excited when there's new Pokemon because it adds layers of depth to the game, right? Uh, yeah, I I don't, I don't know if it's, like, really good if they, like, add new Pokemon every year because I don't like when when the format changes completely in uh, from uh, one year to the other like you have I think that when they keep a similar format for multiple years like the game gains more depth uh, while with the new format every year it's like you have to every time uh, understand how everything works but yeah, I guess for lazier people, like new Pokemon may, may seem like difficult to keep up with. So who is in your team right now? What, what Pokemon are you going with? Oh, oh, are you... Don't tell it to anybody. <laughs> this will come out after the tournament, I promise. <laughs> All right. So I'm using a very, a very stand, like, standard build with uh, Kangaskhan, Charizard, Heatran, uh, Mungoose, and, uh, and Conkeldar. This would normally go uh, along with Cresselia to make like solid build that can adapt uh, a lot to the opponent's team and uh, whatever, playstyle. But I am using a Reuniclus over Cresselia because which makes my team from flexible to hard trick room like I need to set up trick room to almost every game and okay what is trick room the trick rooms move that reverts uh, basically Pokemon speeds like um, the speed stays the same but it works uh, the opposite way like faster slower Pokemon go first and faster Pokemon go, go after it's uh, you need a turn to set it up which means like you can take damage, opponent can do his thing, but uh, but also you can use like bulkier Pokemon and still go first. So it's it, it's a good trade. So you can't anymore just put Charizard out and do Fire Blast five times and kill your opponent's Pokemon and win. That's what I used to do with my brother. So <laughs> well, that's actually what Charizard does. Like. Charizard's the most hard hitter Pokemon in the format maybe right now because uh, with the Mega Evolution it puts Sun to boost its own fire taps then it gets higher special attacks Charizard hits so hard like its moves aren't very accurate so I tend to use Kangaskhan when I can but yeah that's what I do when I bring it
So I would imagine there's a lot of different strategies, but has one dominant strategy like emerged? I mean, are, are you trying to like confuse your opponent's Pokemon? Are you trying to slow them down? Are you trying to like paralyze them or poison them? Or is it just basically like you have, cause I, I remember when I played it, you would, you know, pull out the Pokemon and try to get some sort of advantage on type, you know, super effective, that sort of thing. Um, or teach, you know, your Pokemon a move that it maybe doesn't always have so that it can be adaptable. Is it still similar to that or what, what is, what's the prevailing like strategy right now? That's like, depends exclusively on metagame trends, but also like, uh, how you are going to handle the metagame, how you're going to uh, tackle it with your team. Uh, there are of course many different strategies but it's not like you have to base your entire team about uh, around something like there's more it's the game's more deep than that but like last um, all things are pretty much available like last year my team was trying to for the most part tearing down opponent's team uh, through burn uh, confusion uh, cheap damage like creating win conditions slowly this year's the the exact opposite like I'm setting a trip room and trying to get four kills in the next four turns much stride much more stride strategy I'd say so what is so appealing about Pokemon to you? Uh, I guess uh, okay if I have to be honest I'm just like I keep playing it because because uh I can win, like to be honest. But I guess like the best part about Pokemon, when especially when you begin, is like the strategy. Like I love this game because of that. Like it's about managing your resources, like uh, being knowledgeable about what's being used, uh, find your own uh, answers. Like what I love about this game is that making your team is so much important, and you can you have so much room for, you know. Uh, inventing things like you're never like skills important but inventing things is is the most important part and that's why I love it and how about uh, what's your favorite part about tournaments like this I mean obviously you got to fly to Boston to be here which is pretty cool and I'm sure you've met a lot of people because of this it's obviously a worldwide phenomenon I mean that that's must be pretty awesome to be the best in the world at something like this and to be you know at a huge event like this and be both among the best and be kind of better than all of them as well when i started i the the best part to me like if you ask everyone like they will probably say you that uh, the best part to them is to like hanging out making friends i think that's very fun but to me the the funniest part has always been the game itself like when I started I loved to uh, compete against the best players like I knew this guy won this tournament he's famous for doing this and that and then uh, I play him I want to see how I can do like that that is amazing when you when you start playing and it's even more amazing if you can actually beat these people you thought they were they were so good and after that like uh it doesn't change like too much like it's still about i just love building and playing right now 
So uh, what do you feel like while you're playing this? I mean, do you get nervous? Do you get super focused like when you're actually getting into the game, into a match? Uh, I think I think a lot. Like I think a lot about my mindset. Like I sometimes I'm worried that like this happening might mm, like make me pessimistic. Uh, I think really I think too much about that though. Like when it comes to the tournament, I generally do just my best. Like uh, that's that's not really a problem. Were you disappointed last year when you lost, or is it just kind of like a oh I, I wasn't in form and I'll do try again next year? I. I really was disappointed. Like, I did so many things wrong. Like, I my team wasn't anywhere the best I could have brought. And also, on top of that, I also made mistakes just during the, the games. Yeah, like, I still ended 3-3, which is, uh, I don't know, respectable, I guess, but nowhere near, like, where I was aiming. Like, this year... I'm I'm okay with the team I'm actually bringing. I hope I don't play too badly to ruin everything. And what is your favorite Pokemon? Ah, uh, so many. I don't know. Like, uh, maybe I like Kling Klang. Uh, maybe design-wise, I love it. It's like gears. And uh, I was interested in the relationship between the trading card game players and the video game players. Is there are there any people who play both, and uh, is it possible to play both at a high level? And do you play the trading card game at all? I don't play the trading card game, and I don't think I really know enough to talk about this. But uh, what I know is that there are people who actually play both games, and even succeeding at both or or one. I mean. It's possible, but they're very different. Like, they have nothing to do with, with each other. Um, and then, how old are you? I'm 21. And do you work? Or are you still in school, or what? I'm studying economy at university in Italy. And how, how much do you play Pokemon? Like, how much time are you able to put into this? Uh, I, I actually play a lot, but it really depends on the periods. Like... I don't know, like, there's a period where I'm not really feeling like playing, so I don't play, or I play very few for, like, I don't know, a week, or I have an exam to prepare, so I don't play at all for some some, some days. But uh, I like playing, so... I It's not like I force myself. Whenever I'm feeling it, I play, and I feel like playing quite often, so I don't really count hours. What, um... What happened after you won in 2013? Like, did anyone from Italy, like, did the Italian government uh, recognize it? I mean, did you become, like, famous at all? Like, at least a celebrity in this kind of setting? Or or what did your friends and family say? What was it like? Okay, so so we'll come to the question. (laughs) Is that the question? Yeah. Uh, So many things happened. First of all, it was so weird because going into a tournament... Like winning was the last thing I was expecting. Like I prepare, I did my best to prepare for the tournament, but there were so many strong players, like national champions, multiple times national champions. Like I had no idea I, I could like uh, keep up with them. Like I was trying to like defend myself when I, but but yeah, it was 
it was weird like uh, all the interviews like uh, both in uh, while I was still at Walls and in Italy like uh, once they called me for a TV program twice actually uh, yeah I got famous and stuff like it's pretty fun <laughs> has it persisted or did it go go away pretty quickly uh, I would say it persisted like this year I made another good result second place in Nets but I think that I'm still famous for that for the most part I'm trying to add something to tomorrow to that and how much better is a top level player than say someone who is very good at the game but plays it casually like if I played against you how badly would you beat me uh this is a game where I have to say like everyone can beat everyone there's always a small chance that I get beaten by you even if I'm so much better than you like uh, that is what why it is appealing to to a lot of people I maybe uh, I think like if you're good you're like you're if you don't work even if you're like top player uh, you can still lose to everyone if you don't work in that actual format in those months because this game is a lot trends based like you always have to know what others are using what if you don't do that like you can't really lose to anyone of course if you have a better knowledge of the game maybe you you can get to like top level quicker than someone who who's not at that level. Should we play each other? Huh? Should we play against each other? <laughs> right. So why why Squirtle your favorite? Okay, I don't know if you remember in the cartoon, but the Squirtle or Squirtle had a, like a squad of other Squirtles, and he had these super dope sunglasses. Yeah, yeah. So that's what hooked me when I was younger. And, um, of course, like, his uh, evolution goes to, um, like, Blastoise and War Turtle, and they're just, it's just badass. <laughs> okay, so, who are you? You guys are the Pikachus. What have you guys been doing here all day? We've been dancing and taking pictures with everyone. And how long have you guys been Pikachu? I've been doing it since 2011, 2012. Same, about 2011 or 2012. So how does one become the official Pikachu? You have to be a certain height. Basically, they pick you out like, oh, you're about 4'11", 5 feet. Do you want to do this? Also, you have to be super fun and enthusiastic. And, I mean, Pikachu... Pikachu would be boring if it didn't dance. Right. (laughs) So was there, like, a tryout? No, No, they just flopped us in the costumes and said, do this. Where did they find you, though? Uh, through, I was volunteering for a very long time, and my mother is a one of head staff, so they asked me to do it, and I did. So um, where do you guys play Pikachu? Like, is it at conferences like this? Is it at, like, football games? Like, where is it? <laughs> um, we do it at the Nationals and Worlds tournaments for Pokemon. Other than that... We're not allowed to be Pikachu. <laughs> Contractually not allowed to be Pikachu? Yeah, kind yeah. of like that. <laughs> um, so, like, twice a year then? Mm-hmm. Uh, and what? why is it so fun? Is it fun? 
It's awesome. Okay. It's so much fun. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's a lot of fun because you get to meet people, but you're not really meeting people, but people are so excited to see you, and it makes you so excited that they're excited and you see people outside of the costume and you're like, oh, I know you, but I can't say hello to you because you have no idea who I am. But it's just a really fun job to do. Do you ever get to do like the Pikachu voice or not? Probably not. No, we're not allowed to talk and it doesn't have a voice box or whatever because you don't want to like crush people's dreams like Pikachu isn't Pikachu. Yeah, if if Mm. he talks. Um, uh, What's it like in that, in the costume? Breezy. It's pretty breezy. Yeah. yeah. There's a, so a fan. No, there's a fan going. With, it's an inflatable costume. Mm-hmm. So it stays fairly yeah. cool. For a couple years, it was like the feet, the body, and the head. So it was very hot. And you just kind of had to go with it. You couldn't go on for that long. But we had like a fan in there. But it wasn't... It didn't. It didn't help. Right. It was a little electronic, like fan. You just sat it in the head, but my hair got tangled in it one time, and oh my god! Yeah, that it was. It was horrible. I was like, "Get me out of here right now!" <laughs> so, have you ever played any other type of Pokemon? Like, is there a Meowth uh, like mascot or just Pikachu? I wish, but no. <laughs> yeah, for only this year, we've only had Pikachu. We used to have Tepig. We used to have Snivy, Chesspin, yep. Froakie. Yep. And you played all those or just Pikachu? We've done a wide variety of them. Do you yeah. have to like act differently in different Pokemon? Like different personalities? No. Not, not especially. I mean, as long as you're interacting with everyone. I feel like there's some mean Pokemon, though. Yeah. Uh, one year, I was in Tepig. And this other girl was in Snivy, and the social media girl for Pokemon asked us to like play fight for like a video, and the Snivy girl decided to teach Snivy how to kick. <laughs> so she kicked me, and I fell over, and it's like in this big body. So I was like a turtle on its back. I couldn't <laughs> get up, and I was just freaking out, like wiggling around. But I'm pretty sure it's still online on Twitter for Pokemon. Nice. <laughs> So, uh, you're sisters, right? Yes. Um, can you tell which one is which, like, in the Pikachu? Do you have a different method of playing Pikachu? I think so. I mean, I, I've i had people tell me that they can tell the difference between when I'm in it and when else is in it. Um, I really don't know what the differences like are. I, like, wiggle around when I see people more. You just kind of just, like, hi. And I, like try to get people excited. Yeah, so basically she's a lot more fun than I <laughs> yeah, am. I'm just a, I'm like. just a really boring Pikachu, so. Yeah, right. You dance a lot more. <laughs> yeah. Do you guys play any other characters ever, or is this your only mascot gig? This is the only mascot gig we have. So what do you do when you're not Pikachu? Um, Are you guys in school or have jobs? Yes. Yeah. I, We're both in school. Yeah, I'm going to college. I'm going to high school. We're both freshmen. Nice. Very excited. Nice. Um, and I work at LA Fitness as a sales consultant. So nice. I'm. That's a similar job. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> you have to be friendly. Yeah, and get least. people excited. So, are you guys into Pokemon or like. Yeah. Uh, I mean, do you have a favorite Pokemon and is it Pikachu? 
Mine's actually Pichu, my favorite Pokemon, oh, wow. so super close. So I feel like I've fulfilled my life dream doing a little connection. <laughs> a little connection. <laughs> my favorite Pokemon is Mewtwo, and I have no idea why. Probably because it was purple and I was like 10. It was also it? like the best one. Yeah, I mean it is, yeah. obviously. There's right. nothing, you can't, can't beat it. Yeah. So do you guys play the game or the card game or no? I know how to play the card game. I think it's become a lot more um, about knowing every single card that there is out there instead of like just knowing how to like attack and this, you know, back then it was just a lot more simple, I feel like. And nowadays, like if you don't know everything, yeah, and all the different, you know, how to play differently depending on what somebody else has, then you you lose. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Um, yeah, do you play? Yeah, I play video game, but I don't really compete as much. I have played card game before, but I just enjoy staffing a lot more. Um, are you guys from around here or no? We're from Texas. Okay. So you've gotten to travel a lot because of yeah, that must be we do. Cool. Mm-hmm. We go to local or whenever we're asked to go to certain state uh, tournaments and regionals and we always go every year to the national and world event mm-hmm. awesome yeah. well thank you both so much this was fun should, is there anything else I should know about Pikachu um, if you freak out we will freak out so be very very excited when you come and see us and we will be very very excited that you came and saw us nice So if you're wondering if Pokemon is still popular, yes, it is. And if you stuck around this long, you probably already knew that because you are probably at least a somewhat diehard Pokemon fan or you found it interesting, which I guess is better for us. If you got any feedback, uh, let us know. I'm at jason.kepler, that's K-O-E-B-L-E-R, at vice.com. You can leave us a review on iTunes, it's Radio Motherboard, and we're on SoundCloud. Um, Obviously, you found us somehow, so thank you very much for listening, and we will be back next week. Have a good one. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.